1: this, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Will East again in today for Michael Borkey. Rippy is off until after the first of the year. <clears throat> we're glad to have you along, and we're going to start out today on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Let's go to Las Vegas and check in with our buddy Bruce Marshall from The Gold Sheet and goldsheet.com. Bruce, hope you and your family have uh, had a great Christmas and are getting set for a, uh, a big new year. What's up, my friend?
3: Likewise, uh, Rich. Happy holidays to you, too. Yeah, everything good. You should see Las Vegas here. we got snow all around the valley. Uh, it got kind of hairy. I had to fly back in from the Bay Area last night. I was lucky to get in because I'm doing all the uh, stuff t- with you and others. I'll be on V C in the next hour or two. So it's kind of wild here, but bowl season is really heating up. Uh, and,
2: yeah, and interestingly it. enough, 54 degrees today at kickoff at Yankee Stadium, a place where you expected to be 20 in snow flurries for the pinstripe bowl and uh, uh, kind of uh, get the opposite of that today. What have you seen so far in the bowl season? that you like or that is a trend that we ought to be looking for for these remaining 20 25 or so games that we get over the next few days.
3: Yeah, Rich, I usually, you know, you're trying to find, you know, dog's favorites. I mean, some of the bigger dogs. We've seen Eastern Michigan play pretty good. We saw UAB hang in there against App State. So that's always a pretty good look to get some heavy underdogs here. We think generally they're never bad teams in the bowls, especially in these pre-New Year's bowls or the pre-major bowl games. You can sort of look that way. Conferences, you know, we usually look, try to find some trends here. You know, we've been looking against the Mac a lot in recent years, but the Mac has covered three of its first four this season, so I'm not sure that applies. There's a couple more Mac games to go uh, later next week with Ohio U and Miami O going. So just keep that in mind. I'm curious about the Pac-12, which has been a real go-against bull conference in recent years. Three, eighteen, and one against the numbers the past three years. Now, Washington didn't get there against Boise. There may have been extenuating circumstances there with Chris Peterson. Coaching his last game uh, remains to be seen. I am not sold in the Pac-12, at least in this one tonight, certainly with Washington State, which has been a big culprit in the Pac-12's bowl malaise. The last few years failed to cover its last three in the postseason for Leach. I think Air Force gets him tonight. Here's the other note here. Now, we'll, we'll see. Air Force and Navy are both going, uh, coming up here in the next few days. Air Force tonight, uh, Service Academy teams 20 and 9, last 29, 34, and 14 versus the spread last 48 and bowls back to the early 80s. So that would work for Air Force and Navy. We haven't seen either of them yet, but just keep that in mind when those teams start to play their games.
2: Well, let's stick with the Pac-12 conversation. I'm always fascinated by the Holiday Bowl. You've got that in San Diego tonight. Southern Cal and Iowa. Iowa about a a one-and-a-half point favorite in the game. This feels like a a game that could potentially be a jumping-off point for next season for Southern Cal. Do you happen to like the Trojans getting some points
3: here? Uh, We thought this was tough. There's a case for SC tonight, and it just revolves around giving Keaton Slovis time to throw. Uh, and, you know, which UCLA gave him time to throw Arizona. Some of these teams down the stretch just couldn't pressure him, and he'll sit back there and pick you apart if you don't do it. Uh, we saw some beans, Oregon, BYU, Washington, were able to disrupt them. Okay, let's see if Iowa can do that tonight. I don't know the feeling of SE. a lot of people there are not happy that Clay Helton is being retained. Uh, this is sort of a power play by the new president, in AD, just not wanting the boosters to push him around that much. But they better be careful because the boosters are still pretty pretty powerful there. Uh, I think it reflected in the early signing and the recruiting. I don't want to reach too far away from the bowl here, but SC really didn't do, do much at all. in The recruiting teams are using that against Heldon. But, uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz, he's got to open this offense up tonight. Let his quarterback throw downfield. Nate Stanley's got an NFL arm. He's going to be drafted, but a very conservative offense. If they can open it up just a little bit, I think their defense does a better job against Slovis. We lean to Iowa a little. There'll be a lot of Iowa fans at San Diego tonight, so it'll be about a split crowd down there. We had a 31-26 Hawkeyes.
2: Texas A&M, a favorite tonight, four-and-a-half-point favorite against Oklahoma State. Sheila Hubbard closing in on 2,000 yards for the season. It's a great rushing attack. Um, you got to lean one
3: way or the other here, Rich. uh, You know this number did drop a little bit, um, and uh, we like Texas A&M even this thing is at six and a half or seven. Chuba announced last week he's going to play in this game. He still might come out to the draft. I think he's using this as a sort of a you know a little measuring stick where he might go. Uh, But that was a little bit of a mystery for the Cowboys into last week at least. But he's going to be in there tonight, Uh, and it might still be Drew Brown at quarterback, the Hawaii transfer played some this year. Uh, Sanders, the starter for most of the season, was hurt late, so they may go back to Brown tonight. I think the key heres AM is how it's going to respond after the LSU game, which was at the end of a brutal schedule stretch. They really gave it their all the week before against Georgia. Had nothing in the tank for LSU. We saw Jimbo last year in this spot uh, against uh, NC State after another in a tough regular season. Though They did win that last game with LSU a year ago. Really took out frustrations on NC State. This will be a tougher game against Oak State, but it is in uh, Houston, so uh, you're going to get a lot of A&M fans there, and I, I think Kellen Mon bounces back. 35-23 we took A&M, and Jimbo, although those Aggie X's, I mean, they don't want to play in the Texas or the Belk Bowl. They want a playoff berth, so he'll start feeling pressure next year, but this is sort of the first game for 2020 for uh, Jimbo, I think.
2: One of the uh, the great traditions, the Cotton Bowl Classic and a little bit different matchup this year with Memphis as the highest-rated group of five team, ranked 17th in the country, only one loss, kind of a fluky loss to Temple back in the middle of the season. Penn State went 10-2 and this year. The Nittany Lions a seven-point favorite. Obviously, Mike Norvell is now in Tallahassee, but they kept a lot of the staff together. What do you think with Memphis and Penn State tomorrow with Penn State as a touchdown favorite?
3: Yeah, Rich, uh, this is one of those things you mentioned about the staff. I mean, Silverberg gets promoted up, and so it's it's not that much of a disruption here for, for Memphis like some of these teams. Or the last time Memphis had a coaching change and 20 left – To uh, Virginia Tech a few years ago and they had Daryl Dickey coaching the team against Auburn in that game in Birmingham where nobody showed up and uh, then uh, Norvell came in from Arizona State after that. Um, This is different and uh, so I don't think there's going to be much disruption at all. Penn State did not close the season all that great. They only had one or two easy games this year uh, Clifford, the quarterback, might not be at 100%. He missed action late. James Franklin has not had an easy bowl game at Penn State. I think this is too many points. And I'm, I'm one of those who thinks the American was pretty darn good this year. And uh, Memphis, I think, has a shot here. Uh, maybe Let's call the upset. What the heck? 34-33 Memphis. I think there might be some points scored in this one. Ooh. But Brady White and company, I think, do it. They're going to be fired up to play. And uh, a great a much different situation than that Birmingham Bowl five, uh, four or five years ago for Memphis. I think this one, uh, the pieces are in place for the upset.
2: Yeah, and, and probably the biggest bowl game that Memphis has ever played in. I, I'll be interested to see how their fans respond, how many Memphis fans are there in Dallas for the, uh, the game. Uh, we've got uh, about three minutes or so left. Let's get to these two college football playoff semifinal games. LSU, Oklahoma in the early game. Big number. LSU a 13.5 point favorite. Is that too many?
3: Well, it's getting there, I and mean, then we're seeing a couple of 14s in Vegas, and then it keeps mm. falling back to 13.5, half. It looks to be a resistance point. Uh, you wonder, if you're an LSU fan, a little bit worried that back door is open. We saw Oklahoma get in the back door against uh, Alabama last year, and again, that was never really that close. But when you're talking about two touchdowns or so, it was a little bit more than that last year, you're, you you got to worry about late score. It could be sitting 45-28 with five minutes left, and here comes Oklahoma downfield to score and breaks the spread uh capable of doing that with Jalen Hurts. I think the suspensions, especially Perkins, their defensive end, best pass rusher in a pass rush that was sort of upgraded this year for Oklahoma. 35 sacks. That's one thing uh, Alex Grinch did better with this defense uh, than a year ago uh, at Oklahoma. But I think they're going to be chasing the game the whole way. Without your top pass rusher, they got to compensate. And Joe Burrow throws so well in progression. And I think LSU just gets ahead and maintains this margin and maybe stretches it a bit at the end. Forty-five twenty-eight. We do think it'll land on or right around there, about seventeen. I think we're going to give LSU a shot here. So that's our forecast uh, in this one in Atlanta.
2: Bruce, is the fact that LSU really never had an off day, and I don't mean an open date, I'm talking about they just kind of played at a pretty high level all season long, does that factor in here?
3: Yeah, but it bodes well for them, certainly, although you'd think you'd get Oklahoma's best shot here as well, but you know, you just, I mean, when you can go into Alabama like that and just sort of take apart the Crimson Tide, and, and I don't think that game was quite as close as that score suggested. And doing what they did, they won big games away from home uh, this season. They went through that SEC schedule tough. They had to go to Texas and win. So you're right, they were pretty sharp, and they seemed to be getting better as the season went on. How about that Georgia game, too? Another one that was away from Baton Rouge, and they won big in this same yep. stadium uh, four weeks ago. So, yeah, I think that a lot of that makes sense for uh, LSU.
2: A lot of people think the game of the bowl season is the one that's going to happen in Glendale tomorrow night. Clemson undefeated at thirteen and zero. Ohio State undefeated at thirteen and zero. Clemson, the reigning national champs, a two point favorite. What do we do with this one?
3: Yeah, I, I think we're going Dabo again here, and we just our default reaction with them is always go back to Dabo in the bowls. I mean, look at this record. You know, the last what seven years or so. He's beaten Ohio State twice. He's beaten Alabama twice. He's beaten Oklahoma twice. He's beaten LSU. He's beaten Notre Dame. I mean, who else is there in a who's who of a list to beat? And the Bulls, the only point spread lost the last 10 for Dabo in postseason was that game where Kelly Bryant was just a bit overmatched against Alabama uh, two years ago. I think this is going to look a lot like last year, and I don't buy Listen, they they took care of A&M early in the season. I know the ACC was down, but I hear this every year about Clemson. I mean, they've proven they can play with the best in the country. I don't think Justin Fields is quite 100%. That's what Ohio State people are telling us. He didn't look 100% against the Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. So I think there's a real chance that uh, he's not quite there. And, and what Ohio State had a few years ago when you had the win against Alabama, the win against Oregon, was team speed thanks to Zeke. A couple of years ago, Alabama and Oregon couldn't handle him. Dobbins is a really good back, but he's not Zeke. And I think this team speed thing Clemson has over Ohio State, the Buckeyes haven't seen anything like this this season. Nothing like that in the Big Ten, and that's going to be the determining factor. 38-28, Trevor Lawrence and the Tigers, and it's going to be an all-Tiger final, we think, in a couple weeks down in New Orleans.
2: I like it. Bruce, you're the best. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Happy New Year, Rich. Thanks.
2: Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet at GoldSheet.com.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. 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 On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Good afternoon with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. The show is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online at MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank and help. they've been doing that, financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. Check out the website, mslandbank.com. You can grab the phone number there to give them a call, or you can stop by one of their branch locations scattered all over North Mississippi. Corporate offices are in Senatobia. You can find them in the Delta. You can find them in North Central Mississippi. You can find them in Northeast Mississippi. Clarksdale, Kosciuszko, Cleveland, Indianola, Corinth, Tupelo, Starkville, Louisville, and again, Senatobia. That's for Mississippi Land Bank. Will, what's up on a Friday?
0: Oh, nothing much uh, just been thinking about the conversation we had to end yesterday uh, okay. all the way home I thought about the biggest sports stories of the past decade mm-hmm. and I think the Colin Kaepernick story is the number one you said Tiger Woods I want to say Colin Kaepernick
2: ooh the well that's one that's more, more polarizing isn't it I mean oh, certainly it, it, the, the, the end game on Tiger Woods is the biggest story from the last 10, 11 years is that you, you had the fall from grace, but you had the comeback, and I would say overwhelmingly people wanted to see the comeback and feel like they were kind of, um, not justified is not the right word, but they got the ending that they wanted at Augusta last year, and now everything else is just icing on the cake. Colin Kaepernick, I mean, it was what a two year window where it was a really big story. It had a huge impact positively for some, negatively for others on television ratings. And you still have people that are pro Colin Kaepernick or anti Colin Kaepernick. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. I don't feel like it dominated for an entire decade though. Not for an entire decade, no. I just think
0: the impact of it was so deep. I mean, you got a guy who could probably walk in here with his jersey on, and you could look at the back of the jersey, and you couldn't pronounce his last name and -hmm. not know who he is. And now everybody, including my grandmother probably, can tell you exactly who he is and what he did and what he's famous for. And it's, like you said, very polarizing. And it probably kind of touched off that trend of sports – And politics mixing all together.
2: Certainly did. And it led to people losing their jobs. Yeah. It contributed to the ouster of a president at ESPN, although that was, you know, included a bunch of other reasons as well. And you've seen a little bit of a return to the center at ESPN over the last uh, few years as well. Interesting thoughts there. And we'll continue to talk about this. The C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395, the number for you to jump on. Biggest sports story of the last decade as we close in on the end of the 20-teens and roll into the 20s uh, starting next week. Brian Haydad, we talked to you briefly yesterday. Hope you had a great Christmas and uh, some good family time, and glad to have you along. I'm glad to be back. It's been too long. That whole you know,
4: was it three days I was gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look three, so three different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything good with your crew? Oh yeah, yeah. Had a great holiday, and uh, now we're all down at uh, the grandmother's house or my mom's house for a uh, for a few days before uh, I'll head up to Nashville and uh, cover you know Mississippi State football
2: slash Ultimate Fighting. <laughs> Jeez, is there anything new today? I mean, we got the. Nah. Um, the basic no comment yesterday from Joe Moorhead. I mean, he said a little bit more than no comment, but you know, and in terms of word count, but really, no comment was what you got. Yeah. I- anything new? Anything developing?
4: No, uh, MSU. You know, they should be practicing as we speak right now. But I was, we received notice that uh, Moorhead and, and company. There won't be any interviews after practice. There will be interviews tonight. Uh, there's an MSU alumni event. Uh, And if any media who's in Nashville wants to attend that, they can talk to players and coaches there. Uh, But there's been no kind of update of any sort regarding anything uh, since yesterday.
2: And that really kind of goes along with how Mississippi State has handled questions that might even be remotely controversial throughout the season in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way they handled the, the, the suspensions through the uh,
4: the academic issues uh, and the NCAA investigation into that, and it was all, you know, you'll find out on Saturday when we send you the, the list of players suspended. There's never – they don't make any kind of comment, you know. They don't even make a comment to say that we're handling it internally. There is just no comments on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, for example, even going back to last Sunday in Jackson for the basketball game, Yeah, I talked with Mississippi State officials. I said, okay, obviously – Nick Weatherspoon is back today. Are we saying anything specific about where he's been, why he's been out? And they said violation of team rules. Yeah. And I,
4: part of that I get because with the academic stuff, there are some federal laws in place that prevent you from from delving too deep and t- saying that students are involved in academic fraud, fine, whatever. But with injuries and things like that, you know, and this, this is sort of what I said. First off, we got to – say that, you know, nobody asked about it yesterday. Nobody just came out and asked, was there a fight or anything yeah. like that. But if there had been, you know, a simple there was an altercation and we handled it internally, well, I mean, that's pretty much the end of it right there. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the answer you would expect
2: them to give at that point, too. Sure. Is it fair if the question is answered that way to follow up with did Willie Gay punch Garrett Schrader in the face? <laughs> You just, you, just come right, you just come right after him there, Richard. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think, I think mean, given the news that's out there yeah. and what ESPN has gone with and what's well, been reported. Never mind that, Richard. What Willie Gay has tweeted,
4: what uh, MSU uh, recruiting what, staff. What has Willie Gay tweeted? He tweeted uh, some stuff about if this was going the other way, what would people think? And then somebody said something to them. He said, well, I got hit too. Um, You had Alec Murphy, the running back, backup running back, tweet that, Something about along the lines of it's been deleted since then. Something along the lines of, you know, they didn't start it, right? And then you had Rod Gibson, who is an MSU uh, recruiting staffer, tweet that you know, yeah, there was something that happened. We've handled it in in, in in the family, blah blah blah. So it's been brought up by MSU people, just not Joe Moorhead or you know anything straight from the university. Hmm. So was to that answer your question, on the game, get, just just go back, just to answer your question. There's a way to phrase it a little differently, maybe a little softer, but yes, you could ask that question and be completely fair.
2: Yeah, no, I I completely get that. And generally speaking, if I were asking a question, I would ask it in a different way. But doesn't there come to a uh, come a point where you just get nothing, and you get nothing, and you get nothing, and it's like we're all talking into a into a cloud, and nobody's saying anything? That you go, hold on a second, this is out there all over the place. Right? Did Willie Gay break Garrett Schrader's orbital bone? Yeah. There's a way to get there, yeah.
4: So. T- to answer your next question, you asked about does it affect the game? I mean, obviously, having Stevens rather than Schrader may change your game plan a little bit. Um, you might try a little bit more with the passing game, which is not a, what MSU's game plan should be, in my opinion. They should really be focused on the running game against a really weak Louisville defense on the ground. Um, but you know, I don't think it makes. I, I don't think it makes a huge difference other than it's a distraction you know so it becomes a question of does the team sort of rally around each other and you know when all this negativity is going on on the outside you know you hear coaches talk about this all the time negativity on the outside can maybe lead to positive on the inside or does it become a distraction and you have you know players who are with William players who are with Garrett and it goes that way
2: the Beginning of the season, let's rewind all the way back to the beginning of the year. Tommy Stevens came in, Mm -hmm. and in a very short amount of time, seemingly won the team over to the point that he was named a captain. Yeah. And we talked about that a lot. Uh, Obviously, there are good relationships there with teammates. And I thought it said a lot about the leadership skills that are necessary to play quarterback and lead a team for a guy to be able to come in, and in that amount of time kind of solidify himself into that role Garrett schrader has now been in the program for a couple of years and is expected to be the starter a year from now can he get to that leadership spot when this is kind of lingering out there that's a good question um
4: I think he can but he's got you know when he gets back to to the team and you know he's supposed to be with them this week at some point uh, before the bowl game you know he's got to. If there are any you know lingering bad feelings, he's got to he's got to you know do his best to put those away on his part. He has to reach out to his teammates and you know let them know that look we're going to put all this behind us and move forward. And then going into spring practice, he just has to you know show that he's he's a leader and that he's going to uh, that he's <laughs> that he's going to uh, to move forward from this.
2: Boy, what, what were you? What were you toying with, saying? No, that no, make no. yourself laugh. No, it's
4: not. It's not that I. Nothing I was going to say.
2: Ah. fair enough. Fair enough. C Spire text line is open 601-879-4395. Some of you chiming in with what you think the biggest stories in sports of the decade are. This was from Roger in Ryanzi. He said, uh, "Not sure of the year. Death of Dale. I think he's talking about Earnhardt or cheating Armstrong." I think both of those were earlier than just the past 10 years. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. We'll be right back.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. sports Talk, Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Mississippi, with you. Bowl season rolling on, and earlier today, whoo boy! Uh, you'll forgive the a uh, little uh, the um, well, whatever. North Carolina stomped their Tar Heel all over Temple, fifty-five to thirteen. Sam Howell, freshman quarterback for UNC, that had a big year. Was twenty-five of thirty-four. Two hundred ninety-four yards and three touchdowns, and Mack Brown's season, uh, first season back in college football coaching, ends at seven and six with a bowl win over a Temple team that was eight and four coming in. Shout out to Phil Longo, getting it done. Well, what do you think of of North Carolina this year? They're obviously
4: better than we thought they were going to be. You know, I remember going back to the first week of the season. I thought they would beat South Carolina, but that was more about I didn't think South Carolina was very good. Um, but I mean, you go to a bowl game after a really you know they had a nice bounce back from a season ago. You got an exciting true freshman quarterback. Mac Brown's got a reputation as a good recruiter. I don't know that they're going to get back and you know start challenging Clemson at the top of the ACC, but they can be a solid a solid
2: program going forward. Um. I saw this on Twitter earlier. David Hale, who covers college football for ESPN, tweeted earlier today. Let's see here. Scroll back to it. Um, Why should we be very high on UNC next year? There are eight Power 5 teams that haven't lost a game by more than a touchdown this season. Those eight teams, Baylor, Clemson, LSU, North Carolina, Oregon, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Alabama. UNC has six total losses. The other seven in that group have lost a combined seven games. Just kind of crazy. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a very, very deep dive kind of stat. I like it. So he follows up with what does losing six games by less than a touchdown mean? Well, since 2010, there have been 42 FBS teams lose five or more games by seven or fewer points in a season. Half of those teams improved by at least three wins the following year which would mean a 10-win season for North Carolina next year. He also says of that group, seven teams lost at least six games by a touchdown or less, as North Carolina did, all improved the next year. The average improvement was 3.8 wins. That would be pushing an 11-win season for UNC next year. North Carolina loses just five seniors. Or they had just five seniors getting regular snaps this year, and they lose just one senior on offense, while bringing back the best freshman quarterback in the country. And then there's Phil Longo. <laughs> there's a lot to be excited about
4: there. And like I said, that you know Mac Brown is a, is a guy who's going to recruit well. You would think, you know, that North Carolina that they're in that area with Clemson, where you're you know five hours away basically from. Hundreds of quality high school football players, so no, no, there's no reason, you know, for them not to be good. They they are a program that we've talked about like what's the ceiling for State and Ole Miss, and we think okay, if they can average seven, eight wins a year, that's good. There's no reason for North Carolina to be not be a team that you could average eight or nine wins a year, and you can have that year where you jump up and maybe challenge. You know, you think about Sam Howell, okay, his junior year, if you've surrounded him with enough talent, you should be able to make a play for the ACC championship. Because you have the the biggest part of the puzzle right there, and that's a good quarterback.
2: D- division championship, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you don't really think they can compete with Clemson for the league two, title? Well, you? I mean, in two years, who knows? You never Post know. Trevor
4: Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, Tre- Lawrence would be gone at that point.
2: Yeah. So yeah, you're if talking you about know what Clemson just signed, right? Well, I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying that. No, number one quarterback in the country,
4: and that's fine. But you're talking about that would be his his what his red shirt freshman year or something like that. I mean, you just don't. It's one game. What was the score of the Clemson North Carolina game this year? They lost by like one, uh, right?
2: Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, there was a, a two point conversion attempt at the end of the game. There's it, no reason uh, to think
4: that in two years you couldn't have a North Carolina team that's ready to challenge for an ACC championship.
2: I have to believe that given the opportunity, North Carolina would like to go back and perhaps run a different play than what they ran to try and win it in regulation.
4: Oh, yeah. That was one of the worst play calls of the season. Yeah, It was like
2: option to the short side of the field. Not it was, good. It was not good. Yeah. A shootout happening at Yankee Stadium right now. It's uh, bowl game number two of the day. Wake Forest leading 21-17 over Michigan State. There are a lot of people that thought Michigan State might not score 17 points in the entire game. Yeah, They've uh, scored 17 in the first half. Three passing touchdowns for Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest quarterback. I used to say, and Dave Clawson's obviously done a good job, I thought Jim Grobe had the best job in America. Because he won on average about seven games a year. I think they popped up and had a ten-win season and went to the Orange Bowl one time. Yeah, when he was at Wake Forest.
4: That was the year they played Ole Miss, wasn't it?
2: Uh yeah. Ole Miss has had a knack for scheduling non-conference Power Five teams in their window of being the <laughs> Enjoy best. Enjoy Baylor been in next two year. Decades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Baylor next year. Yeah. Uh, Home and home with Wyoming, when Wyoming was yeah. better than most years. Yeah. Home and home with Missouri, when Missouri was still in the Big 12. Yeah. When Chase Daniel was the quarterback.
5: <laughs> Poor not good.
2: timing. Just unlucky. Poor timing. Yeah. Um, but Jim Grobe was making, like, and this was a lot of money at the time, it's still a lot of money to all of us, not necessarily a lot of money in coaching circles, but he was making $3 million a year coaching at a small private school in a beautiful part of North Carolina with seemingly no pressure. They are winning enough to keep everybody happy, had nice facilities. Yeah, anyway, seemed like a uh, a good gig. Um, and Dave Clawson is, uh, has won there pretty well also. Yeah. Oklahoma State and Texas A&M tonight. You, you heard what Bruce Marshall said about this game. Chuba Hubbard says he's playing in the game at least for now looks like he's going to come back next season. Texas A&M, last time we saw them, they gave up 326 points to LSU in a loss. Actually got beat 50 to 7 in that game. You like A&M tonight? Ooh, I don't know that I do. I just
4: I just don't like A&M. I just don't I just don't that they were they were under they underachieved big time this year. I
2: just not a fan of teams with maroon as their primary color. Or <sighs> it's just so
4: hideous. No, uh, I I just watching them this year. They were just not a fun team to watch. You know, I felt like they were just going through the motions the whole year. Um, I mean, they played a really tough schedule, but they didn't really. They didn't have a game like we were just talking about with North Carolina and Clemson. They didn't have a game where you thought, "Well, they, this could be the one where they pull this huge upset." Uh, and of course, they lost, you know, to uh, to Auburn as well. So, I mean, we're two years in, and, and and I'm not trying to judge anything too quickly, but the early returns on this seventy five million dollars aren't great.
2: Do you look more at recruiting rankings over the last? Two seasons since he's been hired, then you do win loss record?
4: I mean, if you're an AM fan, that's what you're doing, but it's not like someone recruited like a chump. He he got good classes in there. His problem was guys transferring out. You know, can you hold on to them? But uh, I th- AM will probably win, but it won't be anything impressive.
2: Texas AM hired Jimbo Fisher to win them a national championship. That's That seems unlikely. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean,
4: I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a hot take if you want. I am of the belief that LSU has uncracked, unlocked the safe. They've cracked the code, and they are about to go. Do you mean
2: on, literally or figuratively?
4: Maybe a little bit of both in terms of what they're going to be paying for their 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 coaching staff. Um, oh, I thought you meant for their roster. I'm not. I, I don't know what you're talking about. They run an honest program. Uh, they don't. I'm just, hey, hey, hey. But no, neither does anybody else. <laughs> Nobody does. But, well, my point I'm trying to make is I think that we are seeing the the first, the opening days of LSU and, and sort of passing the baton. It's going to be LSU's time on top for the next few seasons.
2: Except for the fact that they got to replace Joe Burrow. Do we have time for another hot take? I won't be
4: totally surprised if if it's the system down there. If it's Brady and all those guys. I mean, they have the great talent around Burrow. He had a great season, but look at what's the difference between this year and last year? Joe Brady, right? Everything else was the same last year and Burrow wasn't well, that good.
2: Yes, but the the other difference in this year and last year is 54% completion versus 80% completion.
4: Right. Right, but what changed on that offense? Not Burrow, not his receivers, they were there last year.
2: Yes, I get what you're saying. we got to have more time on this, and we'll continue to talk about it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Hey, Dad, returning at the end of the year to his anti-Joe Burrow stance. More coming up.
1: Can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Brian Haydad began the college football season by saying, yeah, Joe Burrow, not very good. I got to see it to believe it. And somewhere along the way, he was like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And now here we are at the end going, "Yeah, just kind of a system quarterback. I'm interested to see if he is a, if that's
4: what it is. I mean, what happens next year if Miles Brennan throws for 4000 yards and 40 touchdowns or whoever Miles is quarterbacking
2: throwing for 4000 yards and 40 touchdowns Let me ask probably going to be the starter next Well, I
4: signed them, but if i had said before this season that Joe Burrow was going to throw for 4000 yards and 40 touchdowns or whatever he threw for, you going to buy that? No. Mm, no, you were not I could don't. have been convinced. No, I I don't believe you. So I'm just saying that LSU has always had... We've been saying this, having this, dec- this decade-long debate for LSU. If they could ever figure it out offensively, they'd be unstoppable. I think they figured it out offensively. And I'm interested to see if that, that is, in fact, the case. If the guy they plug in next year just conti- oh, I, continues to I, dominate.
2: I would take it one step farther than what you said. Okay, It wasn't if they can ever get the system. It was if they can ever get the quarterback. But I think they had a quarterback. Zach
4: Mettenberger was a very good college quarterback. You know, I mean, play. He made the NFL. Sure. You know, he. he but he was there. They had a, the, an offensive system that wasn't great. I mean, they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and they couldn't. They really weren't that good offensively that year. So, this year they figured it all out. I like I said, and Quinn's getting mad at me up here. I'm Like Quinn, I'm telling you that LSU's about to go on a, a decade long run of being the top team in the SEC. Yeah. I, I want to see what and. It's not a good comparison because, you know, Burrow, if he goes to the Bengals, it's not like he can just go there from day one and be a dominant starter because the Bengals don't have a whole lot around him. You but, think? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like I can just, you know, it's not like we can come back next year and go, well, look what he did with the Bengals. He's obviously terrible. I can't say that. But I can look at LSU next year and whoever they put in at quarterback, if he puts up great numbers again, you can say, okay... Maybe it's just what they're doing at LSU.
2: All right, so here's Quinn on the C Spire text line. Quinn, a noted LSU and New Orleans Saints fan, uh, but also regular listener to this show. Yeah. And uh, Quinn, we certainly appreciate it. He goes, I scratch my... with the whole Burrow wasn't that good last year narrative. Bruh, that dude was looking for an apartment a few weeks before the season started. New City... New teammates, new coaches, new system, new university, 10 wins. And this year he won the Heisman. All those things are accurate. He does follow it up, and I think maybe this is the the most important part. He says the system plus Burrow is why it's working so well. Burrow is special, and he's about to go number one in the NFL draft. Well, lots of guys have gone number one in the NFL draft that ended up not being
4: good quarterbacks or good players. I mean, that's just yeah. But you nature don't go
2: number one in the draft if you weren't a great college.
4: He's player. a great college quarterback. He had a great season this year. There's no, there's no taking any of that away from him.
2: Well, but can, if we but this. if tell, we tell come back
4: next year and quarterback X has numbers that are really, really good, then I'm not willing to say, well, obviously it obviously was just
2: Joe Burrow. No, no, no. I, nor do I. Nor would I expect you to. But I mean, do you say eh, Baker Mayfield really not that good because Jalen Hurts did it too? Well, man, Kyler Murray's. I, I would tell you very honestly that I think
4: that Oklahoma is putting out system quarterbacks because they've had three in a row now.
2: But there are also guys that have gone on to be good players in the NFL. Say what you want to about Baker Mayfield, he's good enough to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, Kyler Murray's growing into it. He's yeah. pretty and special. And I think, and
4: I, you know me, I was a Hurts guy. I think Hurts is a good quarterback. And I, but the thing is, whoever their quarterback is next year, I guess it'll be Spencer Rattler. I assume. I don't know for sure, yeah. but. He'll have big numbers because Oklahoma has elite talent at the positions around but them, both and they can, have
2: an elite coach. Both can be true, though, right? I, I, and I think that's I think that's the big point here, right? I guess. I mean, I'm just saying that when you get an elite quarterback to go with an elite system, yeah, the no, results are going to be 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. You're right about that. Give or take.
4: You're right about that. But like I said, if whoever it is next year puts up similar numbers... I'm gonna say I'm just going to attribute it more that what LSU was doing is working more than it was just Joe Then Joe Burrow figured something out. That's how I'm going um, to look
2: at it. Were was Chad Kelly a system quarterback? Well, I mean Chad Kelly and Bo
4: Wallace put up big numbers for Ole Miss under, in under a system. Race. Yeah, in in that system. And you know
2: and well, one of them, I mean clearly one of them was an NFL talent, one of them wasn't. Yeah, right. And I mean Chad Kelly is a Fantastic. And Jordan Tomu put up big numbers in that same offense. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: it, it was the system, I would say. And the system didn't really change much either. You know, the offense wasn't that different I don't think from Wallace to Kelly to uh
2: to Tambu. No, no, no. The 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 system changed when Phil Longo started calling.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
5: Oh my God.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. On this Friday afternoon, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Will East. Porky's off, Rippy's off. So we're uh, just having a good time hanging with you this afternoon. CSpire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Spire, customer inspired. Just because the Christmas holiday is over doesn't mean the deal's are gone, visit your local C Spire store or check out their website, cspire.com, for how you can save and get some great deals rolling into 2020. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, online at mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Hey, Dad, it, the, the, the time has come. For us to uh, to talk in detail about this matchup between Mississippi State and Louisville in the Music City Bowl, I'll uh, I'll kind of let you start. Where, where do your thoughts take you as you begin looking at this matchup? I can't stop looking at Louisville's
4: last game against Kentucky against a completely one-dimensional Kentucky team. Uh, the Wildcats rushed for, I, I want to say, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I know it was over 400 and close to 500 yards uh, against uh, Louisville. And if if that doesn't scream to me that this game plan needs to be feed Kylan Hill, feed Nick Gibson, and let Stevens now, you know, would have been Schrader, but let Stevens get what he can in the running game, that you shouldn't throw the ball more than maybe 15 times in this game. I, I don't know what else I can tell you. If, if Mississippi State is unable to run the football successfully against uh, this Louisville defense, I, I will be very, very surprised. I think the State should be able to move the ball on the ground and control the clock and keep the, keep the ball away from the Cardinals, who are, who are not a great offensive football team, but they're good enough. They're good enough to give you and – they, and they run an offense that you, know, you don't see a lot of. It's a unique style of offense. So I would think State wants to keep the offense on the field, and I think they should be able to do that with their running game.
2: Joe Moorhead has a chance to become the second coach in Mississippi State history. I'm sorry. He is the second coach in Mississippi State history to lead his team to a bowl game in his first two seasons. Yeah. The other is Jackie Sherrill. Mm-hmm. Cheryl did it in 91 and in 92. W- without it Sounding like I'm taking a shot at Joe Moorhead, which I'm not. So negative. I think it's a, it was a, it was a bigger accomplishment in '91 and '92. If for no other reason, there weren't very many bowl games at the time. Well, not
4: only that, Mississippi State had not been to a bowl game since 1981. So it had been basically a, a decade-long uh, drought for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, they just they only had what. Uh, one winning season in that time frame from eighty-two to 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 ninety, they only had one winning season. Different kind of Mississippi State program, you know. Jackie Sherrill took over a program hungry to become a winner. Uh, Ms. Joe Murray took over a program that was already a winner. Uh, so you know, can't really say that he's you know continued that because it, I feel like they've taken a little bit of a step. Well, I'm, feel like they've taken a step back. I won't even say a little bit of one, but you're right in that you know. People like to throw out the whole "there's more bowl games" thing, and, and you know, and you're right. There are there are a lot more bowl games, but at the same time, not everybody in the in the country has a 10 year bowl streak like Mississippi State does. So that's definitely something to, for the university and the football team to be proud of, and you know, to to publicize.
2: Never uh, mind everybody in the country. Yeah. Let's just focus on the SEC. Yeah. Mississippi State is part of a group of five teams that have been to a bowl game in every single year of this decade. The other four. Alabama, Georgia, mm-hmm. LSU, and Texas A and M, and Texas A and M didn't even spend the entire decade in the Southeastern Conference.
4: Yeah, the first two years of the decade they were in the Big Twelve. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something. You know, I always one of the things that you know if we've talked about like a pet peeve, I guess, is when people talk about the bowl streak. Oh well, you know, it's so easy to go to. A, well, if it's so easy, why doesn't everybody do it? Sure. Why, why doesn't everybody get to six and six and just you know get into these bowl games? So. Yeah, it's a good thing and, for Mississippi and there State. Was, that's there why it was so the, important. The Egg Bowl was important to Mississippi State. They wanted to keep this streak alive.
2: Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, and there was good fortune along the way, right? I mean, the, the one year where you don't win six, you, you win five, yeah. but you've taken care of business off the field, and you got an APR score that's good enough that they say, hey, come on down to uh, St. Pete. We'd love to see you. Yeah. And you say, heck yeah, we're coming.
4: Yeah. And you know, And they won. They won that bowl game, too. So, I mean... At the end of the day, you know, if you're not playing for the national title, you're playing to get into bowl games. You know, that's what the majority of the programs in this country are trying to do on a year in, year out basis. There's what, six or seven teams that can wake up in the morning and say, we have a shot at the national title. The other 120 plus are just trying to get to bowl games. And so MSU has done a great job of that this decade.
2: Yeah. The other thing that I would say, and there, there are people that, you know, weed eater bowl is like a punchline. Yeah. Yeah, and we hadn't had the Weed Eater Bowl, the, the Poulain Weed Whacker Bowl, or whatever it was called, in Shreveport. It's been a long time. Yeah. But that has been the moniker that has stuck for low-level bowl games. You, you, you know what a low-level bowl game is better than? No bowl game. Not playing in a bowl game? Yeah. And I remember, this was a little bit of an epiphany, a few years ago, I think mean, there are years where you're like, you know what, just let this season come to an end. I get
4: that. Yeah, this could have been one of those kind of years for Mississippi State. To be honest with you, There'd been so much frustration and everything else that there were some people who were, you know, if if State had lost to Ole Miss, they wouldn't have been. They would have been upset, but not overly so. That they would have just been happy that this this dr- overly dramatic season was over.
2: I guess where I was going with that was, you want to know what stinks is when you have a team that you're a fan of and you start watching bowl games and they're not part of any of them. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is sometimes it makes you appreciate a little bit more. But, I mean, there's a reason that... And I'm not trying to make this about Ole Miss. But there's a reason that 45 or 50,000 Ole Miss fans went to Birmingham. A little over half a decade ago. Yeah. It was because they were dying for postseason anything because it had been a while. Yeah.
4: Go back and look at State's crowd uh, at the Liberty Bowl in 2007. Oh, yeah,
2: with with Sylvester Croom, right?
4: Yeah. Man, I was at that game. Packed. Packed for MSU fans. Because they hadn't been to a bowl game in seven years.
2: Yeah. What was that against UCF? Yeah. Cold. There's a current the
4: current Ole Miss is he the running backs coach Kevin Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he was on that US ECF team.
2: Yeah. Um. I guess I just say all that to say and never ever ever apologize for a ball game. No. Absolutely. Because not. goodness gracious they're fun. And I and I get that. There won't be as big a crowd this year as there were some years. Um, Hey, Dan, outside of a college football playoff semifinal game, what is the bowl game that would get 30,000 Mississippi State fans there? The Citrus Bowl.
4: I think. Orlando? Orlando. That's the one. The Citrus Bowl still has the... uh... The 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 cachet, I guess, would be the word. It would be Uh, now
2: the Camping World Bowl. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. No, I know what you mean though.
4: It's the bowl. It's it was always the bowl that the highest rated SEC team outside of the playoff or outside of the BCS went to.
2: So, so Citrus Bowl would take a bigger crowd than Sugar Bowl.
4: Oh, okay, okay. I Never mind. I thought you, when you talk about the playoff, I thought you meant like those kind of bowls.
2: No, no, no. Oh yeah. I, I, the, oh, the I'm sugar bowl? access bowl down because yeah, the sugar bowl Orange is the bowl easy was, was such a hard that. trip.
4: Yeah, the sugar bowl is the easy answer to that. Yes, state fans would would take over New Orleans. Yes.
2: Yeah, which is what we saw January 1, 2016, in the weekend leading up to it when Ole Miss played in that game. Yeah,
4: yeah. And especially with the Sugar Bowl for state, that's. For all state's done, and you know they've won an SEC title and, and this, that, and the other, they've never been to the Sugar Bowl ever. So that would that would be one that yeah, if state fans were able to cross that off the bucket list, there would be a a, a sizable maroon uh, presence in in the Big Easy.
2: Cotton Bowl be a big draw? I think
4: so. Same same thing. And you know, state's been to the Cotton Bowl uh, in my lifetime. They went in, in nineteen ninety at the end of the ninety eight season. Play Texas, um, played Texas, played right? Texas, and got run over by Ricky Williams in his uh, his final game as a Longhorn. Uh, but yeah, nowadays, especially out of Jerry World, yeah, that would be a huge draw, but not as big as as the Sugar Bowl would be.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, bowl games are fun, but good gracious, big bowl games are fun, or that's a different level of fun. Yeah, it, it's it's the that's the level of fun where everybody looks at it and goes. Man, this is an expensive trip. I know we just had Christmas. Yeah, I'll figure out how to pay for it later. Not missing this one. Just yeah. going to go. Yeah. And then you never really regret doing it. No. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you.
1: Just sports talk Mississippi.
5: It doesn't get any better than this. What?
1: On Super Talk Mississippi. Woo! 21. I want you to believe me,
2: baby. Sport Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at Supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along on this Friday afternoon. Weekend just around the corner. Fun weekend, too. So you got, what, four or five bowl games today. And then tomorrow, you got the cotton bowl to start today. And you have, after the Cotton Bowl, what is it? Oh, goodness. I scrolled away from it. Notre Dame-Iowa State in Orlando. The game that uh, Hayden was talking about just a second ago. I don't know that that does much for you. Those two are both playing at the same time. You're going to watch more of Memphis, Penn State, or that's Notre not, Dame-Iowa not State. That's
4: not the Citrus Bowl, though. The Citrus Bowl this year is Alabama and Michigan. It's You're the right. v, Isn't it the VRBO BO
2: Bowl? That's right. Okay, that's right. I was thinking, I forgot, thinking the whole time. No, I forgot yeah. that there were multiple. It's yeah. a Camping World Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what you had. It was like the Champ Sports Bowl. Yeah,
4: yeah. A yeah. few years ago. Okay, okay. But yes, the game Alabama's in. That's the one I was talking about.
2: Yes, Alabama, Michigan. Yeah, there you go. Good point. I assume you're watching more of Memphis, Penn State than you are Notre Dame, Iowa State.
4: Fair. Although, you know, I am Catholic, so I
2: will have to at least
4: check in on Notre Dame.
2: Have you read uh, Ryan McGee's Rudy Rudiger story yet?
4: No. Is there a new one out? I haven't checked Yes. Out. Does it call him out for being a fraud?
2: Uh, no. It's kind of like the Facebook relationship status. It's complicated. Okay, I'll check it
4: out. You, you, you've piqued my curiosity.
2: Yeah. Um... Did you know, Rudy Rudiger once gave Elvis a Notre Dame boxing t shirt.
4: I didn't know that. No,
2: there you go. I reached out to Ryan, but it was very short notice, so it may be next week before we're able to talk to him. One of my favorite people at ESPN, yeah, uh, great storyteller and a really neat story here. So hopefully, we'll talk to Ryan about that. Maybe check the story out over the weekend, it's on espn.com. The uh, The story is titled. The story of Notre Dame icon Rudy Rudiger, it's almost too good to be true. I can buy it. Does that, that. pique your interest? Yeah, it does. There you go. C Spire text lines open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Um, two college football playoff semifinal games tomorrow. My vantage point for one of them is going to be interesting. Hey, Dad. Where is that going to be? I'm going to watch LSU Oklahoma from Baton Rouge. Oh, yes. That will be exciting. The question is, do I go somewhere to
4: watch it? I'm bellying up at the Chimes if I'm you, man.
2: That would be your spot. Oh, yeah. So just like the hotel, restaurant, bar, probably, that's boring?
4: That's boring, yeah. Go go, go into town. The Chimes is right there by campus, too. So, yeah, definitely, that's where I would go.
2: Do you know who I'll be watching the game with? Who? Andy Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Does that mean absolutely go to the chimes?
4: Now for sure we're going to the chimes. Yeah, I may get in the car. It's not we've that far. Uh, not that far from. We've got Vicksburg.
2: LSU Liberty on
4: Sunday at twelve thirty. That's a good game too. Get to see the flames.
2: Yeah, LSU's dropped two in a row, and Liberty's one of three undefeateds in the country? Yeah. Not that.
4: Yes, I would definitely go to a bar with Andy Kennedy and watch that game. You couldn't talk me out of that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll see. Oklahoma, LSU, and then Clemson, Ohio State.
4: I'll be watching it with some LSU fans, so I'm excited. Will you? Yeah, my my cousins are here. My family is sort of half, sort of down the middle, state LSU. Mm-hmm. and uh, I, I you know, I don't get to watch the games with fans, let alone fans of other teams very often. So yeah. I'm excited. And I I, I think LSU's going to win and probably win pretty easily. I just want Oklahoma to come out strong so those guys will be uncomfortable for like a quarter or two just
2: so I can watch them squirm. <laughs> hey, speaking of squirming, Chelsea got blasted yesterday. What happened there? That was awful. One of the worst games. <laughs> they, they, they can't beat these bad teams. They've lost... Uh, four of
4: the last five to like bottom of the table teams. I don't know what's going on. Great and game today, though. Great game between Wolves and Man City. Wolves came back to win three two. They were down two nil in the uh, late in the second uh, second half.
2: Did I see that Liverpool is undefeated in its last thirty five matches? That
4: sounds about right. They haven't lost this year. They've only they have one draw. I think they they they've won unless unless they they just they would have to put together an all-time choke job, which they've done in the past.
2: So I mean, it, it only takes one, right, once you get to the playoffs? What do you mean? I mean? It's not like best two out of three. There is no playoffs. Oh, it's it's either you win the regular season and you win it all or you don't. Right, the regular season is the playoffs. Well, now that kind of throws a monkey wrench in the whole greatest regular season in all of sports crowd, doesn't it? Yeah.
4: You have to. Yeah, there is no playoff for the uh, for the EPL. It's whoever has the best record at the end, of, and it's a round robin. You play everybody at home and away, and whoever has the best record at the end is the winner. How many teams in the Premier League? Uh, Twenty.
2: So it's a forty match season. Uh, Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. A 38-match season. Yeah, it lasts,
4: the, the, starts in late August and will wrap up in uh, in May. Because they have, they have breaks for international play and things like that.
2: So it goes August to May. So they play good weather, bad weather, hot, cold. Oh, yeah, they'll play between. out in the snow, out in the rain, yeah. You, you get all of it.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: The best ones are when it's really cold, though, right? Kind
4: of rainy. Oh, yeah, because then, then it's, it's tough to defend. You know, you just get guys sliding all over the field. Might see a, a three- Three points on the board, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Listen to him in there. The game today was 3-2. to two. What do you want?
2: <laughs> Jeez, that's a shootout. It was, yeah. By the way, Wake Forest leading 21-20 over Michigan State, 11-17 to go in quarter number three. 20 points so, for Michigan State, wow. Well, it's uh, maybe a little more than you thought would, uh, would be the case. So l- let's stick with Mississippi State for a second, getting ready for Louisville. Kylan Hill, 1,347 rush yards this year. He needs 45 to break Anthony Dixon's program record for most yards in a single season. Boring something crazy, he gets that, right? Yeah. I've I've almost
4: sort of talked myself into him breaking it on the first play of the game. I just feel like a a big run's going to happen. He's going to get it out of the way.
2: If he breaks the record, will he be done for the day? No, no. I mean,
4: it's not the first play of the game. They're going to need him to win. So, yeah. No, he'll play the full game. Or he'll play up until it's decided, one way or the other.
2: 13 FBS schools have been to a bowl game every season this decade. Mississippi State is one of them. Mm -hmm. 23 freshmen have played this year 13 of them true freshmen, 10 of them redshirt freshmen. It's been the biggest impact first year player.
4: The two corners probably Martin Emerson and Jerrion Jones, and those guys are probably likely to start on this game. You know, Mari Smitherman's been out since uh, I think he, he was out since the uh, the LSU game was his last game, and then obviously Cam Dancer's not playing, uh, so they've made they've made a big impact. Nathan Pickering was a, a All SEC freshman selection. He got better as the year uh, went along. From a redshirt freshman perspective, he and you know the other two defensive tackles, Jaden Cromedy and Fabian Lovett, you know, with Lee Autry suspended for most of the years, those guys were it, and uh, you know you could see them get better every week. I, I think you know you've, State's got a couple of guys that this year they they took a lot of knocks, but in the years to come, they're going to be really good defensive tackles for MSU.
2: By the way, Michigan State back in front now, leading 27-21 over Wake Forest, ten eleven to go, third quarter. Just fire shots
4: at each other. Let's go. Can we take what it off of Fox Williams News here, Will? Team? Can we can we get the game? Can that happen?
2: You just got to change the channel, man. Is there
4: is it a, yeah, oh, there's, there's a remote right here. Thing a remote? I didn't know if this was, you know, legal or not. I don't want to get in trouble.
2: I don't normally sit in the big chair
4: here. Well, so.
0: don't take it off. your pretty picture up there.
2: Okay. <laughs> what does Daryl Williams mean to this team?
4: Uh, he's there probably the 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 true leader of the of the team offensively. Uh he is the guy who, you know, he comes and talks to the media every game. He, he always talks about, you know, every time we talk to Daryl Williams, he's, he talks positively. We're trying to get better. We're going to do whatever we have to do. We don't give up. We don't quit. I, I like talking to Daryl Williams. I think he's a guy who'll be a good pro. Uh, he'll be, you know, he had big shoes to step in too. Elton Jenkins was fantastic last year, and he's fantastic this year as, as a pro. Uh, yeah. and, but I think he's done a great job, and he'll be a guy who can uh, – can can continue that MSU tradition of linemen at the next level.
2: Big shoes to fill next year. Who will slide into that spot next year?
4: If I had to guess today, Cole Smith, the LSU transfer, would be the starting center next year.
2: Sat out this year? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. More coming up with you and the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you.
1: in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You
5: like this show, huh? Yeah!
1: Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. I mentioned earlier the uh, Rudy Rudiger story. Maybe worth your time to uh, go in and read if you're looking for something over the weekend. There's also a story at uh, at golf.com right now that is... Hey, hey, Dad! here's the tweet. This is uh, written by Adam Shupak. The tweet says, playing Augusta... And being taken hostage in Augusta is basically the same thing, right? Okay.
4: I know it's very strict there.
2: Um, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of this. Yeah. During the 2015 Masters Tournament, Lanny Wiles did what any other visitor to Augusta National Golf Club would try to do, buy himself a souvenir to commemorate his trip to a place most golfers spend a lifetime vainly dreaming of going. Wiles, hoping to avoid the crowds at the merchandise pavilion, approached the pro shop near the clubhouse. A bored security guard at the shop's entrance stopped stopped him and asked to see his patron's badge, the coveted token that would ensure his entry. Sorry, I don't have one, Wiles told the guard. Then you can't go in, the guard replied, probably for the hundredth time during his shift. Um, Skipping a few paragraphs ahead, it says... The memory. I don't. I don't want to ruin any of it. So Wiles says to the security guard, "You know, I almost li- uh, lost my life in that shop. Now he had the guard's full attention. You were one of the hostages. I'll leave you hanging there. Uh, okay, you, you,
4: you. Once again." You have piqued my curiosity. I will have to check this out. You need to just, just DM me that link because uh, I'll, I'll never find that one. I should put it out. I, I'll, I'll, tweet I'll tweet it out. From, yeah, I do uh, some
2: Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. So, yeah, golf.com, absolutely worth the read. Will, you'll even read that one, won't you?
0: I will read that one. I'm a regular golf.com connoisseur. Are you? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm so
0: bad at golf, it, it's not even funny. I would I'm so bad at it, I've lost all interest in the sport almost.
2: Fair enough. We are in the super-duper light part of the college basketball schedule, but that is about to change dramatically. Only three games tomorrow involving SEC teams. Long Beach State is at Florida at 11 on SEC Network. Can't imagine that that get well. Whatever. Wisconsin is at Tennessee at twelve thirty on CBS. I would imagine that the Tommy Bowl will be rocking for that one. That's a fun matchup. Big Ten, SEC, yeah. And first game for Tennessee without Lamonte Turner, who's out for the rest of the year. Hey, as an as an aside, I'll, I'll finish that thought in just a second. If the SEC loses the, uh, I'm not so, not loses. If the SEC walks away from CBS, that also means the only time you will see SEC basketball teams play on CBS is in the NCAA tournament, or if there is a road game to a school that CBS has got the rights to.
0: Yeah. Well.
2: Is that a big deal at all? That's not to me, no,
4: because college basketball is just everywhere. The I, I the, the fact that getting the, the CBS game for a college basketball game doesn't have the same uh no pomp and circumstance that uh getting the football game does.
2: And and really, I mean you had Mississippi State Ole Miss play in that game in Starkville last year. Yeah. I think two years ago Ole Miss hosted one CBS guy, I don't know, it was like Georgia or somebody, it was kind of a random deal. But basically, CBS carries Kentucky on Saturdays. Yeah. And occasionally Florida, Florida and occasionally Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, that's about it.
4: Not going to see a lot of Alabama versus Texas a and That's, how, that's no. how they make up for it, though. You get
2: Alabama in the fall, you get Kentucky in the winter. There you go. Uh, I mean, it, it's like so much of what you consume in terms of college basketball is ESPN, E2, EU, SEC Network. I don't think that will make even a blip for anybody. No. That, oh, I can't watch Kentucky on CBS on Saturday afternoons anymore. Yeah, no, one, no one's going to say that, no. Louisville and Kentucky tomorrow, 2.45 on CBS. Try this on for size. Louisville made its basketball players come back to campus on Christmas Eve. They didn't get Christmas Day with their. Friends. They got like two days off, but they couldn't stay for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. They had to be back on campus Christmas Eve. How does that sit with the players? That's a good question. I mean, they'll it's say, like, "Why wouldn't you give them one more day? You don't play till Saturday, and that, it's a home game." They'll no, say all, all the right, right. things it's in Lexington.
4: They'll say all the right things, but
2: they had to be a little upset, right? You're like, "Come on, coach. Yeah, one more day." few more games on Sunday. Liberty is at LSU. 14-0 Liberty. Noon 30 on the SEC Network. Lipscomb is at number 8 Auburn. Another undefeated team. One of three in the country. San Diego State's the other. Tennessee Tech at Ole Miss. That's at three. Arkansas at Indiana. Big Ten Network at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Arkansas at Indiana. That's a chance for a really big win for Arkansas.
4: Yeah. And Arkansas's been sort of a surprise team in the early going, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. So, yeah, that would be. Only one loss. Yeah, that would be a game where if they were to win it, you'd have to sort of start thinking, okay, they're for real. Yeah. Sort of, Sometimes the, way State, sort of the same way State, was makes last a year. So the way State was last year with the Cincinnati game. That was the game for me where I was like, okay, when they beat Cincinnati, I was like, okay, this team is good. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament.
2: That, and that, that was in a rock fight.
4: Yeah, yeah. And this the sort of the same thing here. If Tennessee or sorry, if Arkansas wins that, I ha, I don't really have a choice but to say, yeah, they're probably gonna go to the NCAA tournament.
2: Richmond is at Alabama. Mighty Spiders. Next, yeah, next game for Mississippi State comes Monday night, Kent State in Starkville. Better win. Yeah. Better win. No, I I agree.
4: But No coverage from me on that one, by the way. I'll I'll
2: still be in Nashville. Oh geez, that's the day of the bowl game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There will not be a soul there. They're not gonna be yeah. I mean,
4: we've been talking about MSU in attendance all year, but that game, I don't know who's gonna be there.
2: I mean, you know, a, a local Starkville West Point contingent.
4: I mean, we say that, but where have those people been for just the, the the games that State wasn't playing a football game on? So I don't know.
2: Yeah. So this attendance thing, it's not going to get any better, is it?
4: <sighs> uh, n- not anytime soon. I mean, the, the these two losses, these two recent losses, Louisiana Tech and New Mexico State, can't imagine there's a whole lot of enthusiasm for basketball. Uh, but hey, Ned,
2: if 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 you had won those two it would have made a difference?
4: I don't know what I don't know that it would have made a tangible difference. It would have gone from like two thousand to seven thousand, eight thousand, or anything like that. But if this team had only had only had one loss and it was to Villanova right now, they'd probably be ranked. So I think there'd be a little bit more excitement about the program. I think what the first game is against Auburn, right, who should come in maybe undefeated. So yeah, I mean that's, that's a big game, big game atmosphere. I don't know though. I, I have my worries about the the long-term future of men's basketball. Not, not that they're going to cancel the program or anything, but in terms of ever getting back to that point where the hump was one of the most feared places to play,
2: I don't know. I'm not advocating this. I'm really not. It's not going to happen without a coaching change, though.
4: Unless something happens with Hallen and, and they start – you know, if they, we say that, if they roll off
2: the style ten, of play is not conducive to people being excited about going but they'll to be games. excited if you win. And neither so is if, the venue. If you start winning 10, 12, you know, if they can somehow win eight or nine games in a
4: row, then yeah, they'll have big crowds. But they got to win.
2: <sighs> but they were an NCAA tournament team, to your point, from December 25th on. December nineteenth on last year. Yeah, that was always going to be an NCAA tournament team, and outside of the game against Ole Miss, and it was not every seat full. No, building was never close to full. No, you're right for the whole year. You're right.
4: And then, as far as the venue goes, you mentioned that, like you know, state is when not. What is
2: that happening?
4: Well, they're not. You know, they're not building a new arena. They're just going to run. No, renovate. no, I, but no, I remember they. But the plans got released like two years ago, right? I was a year ago, last year. Okay. What is that happening? Uh, it's the next thing on the list once they get done with tennis. But that said, so, having... Two more g- years before they start? I don't know. Having been to the Pavilion and having been to Auburn's new arena, I'm not in agreement there. They, they should s- just build a new arena. I don't know how you're going to... I don't know how you're going to do that and have a, a state-of-the-art arena built around what you already have.
2: You know, I think part of the issue, though, is the fact that the practice facility is connected to the arena. I get that, but
4: you can't be beholden to that. You need a new arena.
2: Swartz Talk, Mississippi, with you in the Renaissance Bank studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. In the air, in the air, loving it loving it. it up when I'm going
1: down. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Will East on this Friday. hope you've got uh, maybe low-key plans for the weekend. Would that be the um, the right? This feels like a weekend where you probably want to go kind of low-key, right?
0: Yeah, and it's been a kind of a weird week. Like Monday felt like Friday and Thursday felt like Monday, so you're kind of off to begin with. Yeah, so
4: Yeah, I've been asking my wife all week, like what day is it? Yeah, cuz I'm yeah. not quite. Sure. You know, everybody being home on Wednesday just totally threw me off. Yeah. Sure.
5: Yeah,
2: Thursday felt like Saturday, didn't it? Yes. The day after Christmas always kind of feels like Saturday.
4: And today it feels like Friday. But not really either, you know. Being being back on the show, I'm actually in the studio. I, I feel like like it doesn't feel right.
5: Yeah.
2: So like just random Tuesday work day? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we owe you a Pearl River Resort pick of the day. We've got our picks for college football coming up in just a little bit. The Pearl River Resort pick of the day is brought to you by the sportsbook at Timeout Lounge. You can check them out at the Golden Moon Casino. What a cool place that would be tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, Dad, we've been there a bunch. Yeah. Think about getting there early. And um, I don't know. If, if the rain holds off, you could theoretically play golf tomorrow morning if if the Cotton Bowl doesn't do anything for you. And say you got an 8.30 or 9 o'clock tee time, get 18 in, grab some lunch, and then head over to the sports book and just find a spot and settle in, and good gracious, you don't have to move for eight hours.
4: That sounds like my like, kind of day, as you, as except you know Except maybe to
2: the uh, terminal.
4: Yeah, the terminal. And, uh, you know,
2: that's it. All right, pick of the day. Let's go to, what are we going to do? We're going to go Oklahoma State A&M or Southern Cal Iowa? We'll give me the lines again. Texas A&M is a four and a half point favorite against Chuba Hubbard and Oklahoma State. Learning his he name was pronounced.
4: Learning his name was pronounced Chuba was a huge disappointment.
2: Yeah, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard has like worked better. better for me. Yeah,
4: yeah. Hubbard. Um, Chubbs, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard.
2: Chubs, chubby, Chuba. You talking about me? What's going on here?
4: Chuba
0: Hubbard. Hubba.
2: <laughs> in San Diego at seven o'clock Central Time on FS1. Southern Cal against Iowa. Iowa a two-point favorite. That line's actually moved. Actually, both lines have moved. A&M now a four-point favorite. And Iowa now a two-point favorite. Now, if you were listening earlier, you heard Bruce Marshall pick A&M. And he said they even liked AM and m when it was closer to a touchdown. Although, clearly, some people have money coming in on Oklahoma State. And then... He liked Iowa. I kind of disagree there. I like Southern Cal in this game against Iowa. In fact, I like them so much that I'm going to fade Bruce Marshall Ooh. and give you the, the uh, Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge, Pearl River Resort pick of the day. Southern Cal getting two tonight in San Diego against the Hawkeyes. Yeah. All right. I can I, I get behind that. You know Bruce does this for a living. He does. And has been doing it for a really long time for a living.
4: Well, you and I have been doing things for a living. We make mistakes, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do kind of like Air Force laying the two and a half tonight against Wazoo. Yeah. I just feel like Washington State defensively probably is not going to be disciplined enough to stop it. Hey, we were talking about system quarterbacks earlier, right? Yeah. Can't all just be the system when Washington State goes 6-6. Six and six. No,
4: you're right. I mean, they were much better with Gardner Minshew. They were.
2: Yeah. yeah. They were. Do you uh, do you want to make a pick, too, or do you want to just hold those off for our college football picks coming up in a few minutes? The Brian
4: Haydad Pearl River Resort pick of the day is going to be Texas A&M. Ooh! It's an ugly game, but a And M. You like the Ags, huh? Yeah, that went by
2: a touchdown. There might be forty-five thousand a And M fans at that game. See, it could be the other way, though. It could be a lot
4: of. Why am I doing this? I'm not going up there to watch this game. I uh, no.
2: Yeah, but it's in Houston. I mean, that's, that's, a that's, great the ol- that's the only thing going for it. But we'll see. I mean, it's like all you had to do was knock off at lunchtime today. That's true. Two days after Christmas, that's real easy to knock off at lunchtime on a Friday. Yeah. Run downtown, grab a quick bite, and then, boom, football. You'll be home tonight. But I get what you're saying. I mean, that's the equivalent of what, Ole Miss playing in the Liberty Bowl? Nah, I don't know if I want to go to that. Well, good grief. It's only It only takes an hour to get there. Right. Except A&M's probably got more... Aggies in Houston <laughs> than, than Ole Miss has within an hour-and-a-half driving distance of Memphis. College Football Fix is coming your way next. It's the 5 o'clock hour after this quick timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi the Renaissance Bank studio.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi did, did, did we, did we on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: After five o'clock with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Weekend just around the corner. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Will East wrapping up your holiday week. Christmas on Wednesday. We had 24 hours of Super Talk Christmas with uh, Steve Azar. Will, that was good, by the way. I know you and Steve worked really hard on that. Uh, I caught you know, an hour here, an hour there over the course of uh, the 24 hours. Really good stuff.
0: Uh, thank you. I never want to hear a Christmas song again. I have them all ingrained in my head. When you have to put that together, you have to listen to each one, the beginning and the end. And let me tell you what, 24 hours is a How long How long did it take time. to put it together? It, it took the better part of, I say all together, it was probably a day worth of work.
4: Will doesn't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs>
2: All he wants is you, hey, Dad. <laughs>
4: well, he got me. I'm here.
2: Hey, Azar telling the Catfish Christmas story yeah. uh, was pretty good.
0: Yeah, Jim McMahon, uh, former Bears quarterback, uh, Super Bowl winning Bears quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. That guy is hilarious, by the way.
2: Did I hear a little conversation there with Jimmy Buffett somewhere along the way also? Yeah. Or was it just a reference to Jimmy
0: Buffett? I think it was a reference to Jimmy Buffett, but he talked a little bit about – he interviewed Norm uh, Norbert Putnam – Who was the guy who was behind Margaritaville and all that kind of stuff and kind of, uh, you know, Jimmy? He met Jimmy Buffett playing in a bar somewhere, you know, and this this no-name guy and he just saw something in him and he made him something.
2: Yeah, I remember reading about Norman uh, Norbert Putnam in a uh, a Jimmy Buffett biography I read a couple of years ago. So anyway, good work on that. That was uh, was it was really cool. Um, what do we have? We're off on Wednesday next week. And aside from that, we're full go, right? I think that's it. New year, everybody got to go back to work. All <laughs> these vacation days just got to stop, hey dad. I'll be off on the and, 8th. <laughs> I got an email today, you're off on the 8th. What in the world are you doing a week into the new year taking a day off already?
4: I'm going to uh, South Haven, Mississippi for All Elite Wrestling. Who? This guy right here, he doesn't, doesn't keep up with anything. All, Who's Elite, All Rest- Elite? That's the new... Uh, that's not Vince McMahon, is it? No, no, that's that's his competition. It's run by uh, Tony Khan of a, whose dad
2: runs the Jaguars. Oh. Uh so Shaka Khan is his dad. <laughs> Who's it what's his dad's name? Shock, isn't it? It's Shad or
4: Shack Shock. Yeah, or yeah, whatever it is.
0: The guy with the mustache.
4: Yeah, he's got the crazy mustache, yeah. And
2: put beaches in the stadium. Sure. So, yeah, I'm going up there. Hey, Dad, I want to start a wrestling league. <laughs> sure, son. Yeah, it's, you know, it's awesome. Anything else I can do for you? It's fantastic. I watch and, every week.
0: And besides being in South Haven, there's another Mississippi connection, right?
4: Yeah, one of the guys on the card – I assume he'll be on the card. Marco Stunt is from that area. I don't know where in he, – he, he did an interview today with uh, with Chris Jericho, and he's, he's from North Mississippi. He's from that, that area, South Haven, Horn Lake, Olive Branch, somewhere. Uh, so, he, I assume he'll be on the card. That, that, you know, being – the wrestling business. Whenever you're in a wrestler's hometown, usually he'll get a little rub that night. So I won't be surprised if we see wait, him. He'll get a what? A rub it means he gets like a little a little love. No, 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 <laughs> no. It's it's free, and uh, they'll just uh, they'll they'll put him on the card and have him do something special. Hopefully, I got you. Like fly down out of the rafters on
2: top of the. They don't do that uh, anymore. They don't do that anymore.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that ended badly the last time somebody tried
2: it. So, hey, wait, who was it that died? Owen Hart. Uh so what is? Uh, give me a, a baseball equivalent. Is this like rookie ball, high A ball, double A ball, triple oh, no, A this ball? Is, this is this is the major leagues, man. They've got big. No, models. it's not. Oh yes, it is. They, I've never even heard of it, hey
4: dad. Oh God, the guy who doesn't follow wrestling hasn't heard of this. Wait, why don't you it, talk is, about golf? No, I don't no, know anything no, about no, it. No,
2: no, no, hold on a second. Time out. Time out. I've never really followed wrestling. But I knew what WCW was. This is the this is basically on the
4: same part as WWF
2: slash WWE was, and I even knew what this TNA deal was a
4: few years ago. They've got big money behind them. They've got big names on the card.
0: It's the USFL
4: to the NFL. Yeah, but they got a much better chance of making it. Okay, I mean they've already got they've already got a TV deal. They're on every week. Donald Trump on a franchise? No, thank God, no.
2: No.
0: He is in the Hall of Fame for he is, the WWE. He's Pepper Rogers yeah, He's on the WWE of the Hall of Fame,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's, a, he's a competitor. <sighs> okay. What's it called again? Elite All Elite something? Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling. It's never going to make it. Doesn't have a catchy name. AEW has a great catchy name. AEW. No. Yeah, that just rolls off the top. No.
4: It, it's gonna be fine. WWE rolled off the they were the World Wrestling Federation, for God's sakes.
2: Yes. Just saying. But that's who you're competing with. You're not trying to they're they're gonna be fine.
0: WCW long-term.
2: had Ted Turner and yeah. a whole network
0: behind them and they failed.
4: Yeah, but they had they had morons running that show. This is this is a whole thirty for thirty. I could literally do the whole show talking about this, but yeah. that's where I'm going to be on the eighth. Long story short.
2: Yeah, well, enjoy that. Are you dressing up in some goofy outfit too? I, that's how I dress every day, basically. <laughs> but
4: you, you'll be able to see me. I got row, I'm on row two, uh, facing the hard camera. So it'll be uh, if you tune to TNT on uh, Wednesday, January the eighth, you will see Brian Haydad. You will also see Joel T. Coleman sitting right next to me.
2: Just the two of you going, or you guys got like a posse?
4: We got, uh, we've got uh, Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports will be joining us. Uh, a couple other of MSU guys that I know that are fans are going to be there. And I was told that Ben Garrett of the Old Miss Spirit will oh. be there as well. We'll see if I can run into him or not.
0: Another big wrestling fan.
4: Yeah, and he and I have a, the, the, the greatest rivalry in sports journalism entertainment. In Mississippi? In Miss- no, in the whole wide world. Nobody, nobody touches us. Sure. Including our wives <laughs> Wow
2: so, <laughs> Will you okay yeah, Maybe it's because you go to Hey wrestling yeah, 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 I can circle it, a few problem areas
4: When this popped up on the calendar And I saw how much tickets were I immediately texted my wife I was like how much did you pay to go see Elton John And she sent me the number back And this number was not even close So I was like okay I'm going to this I can afford
2: it Alright okay so row two tickets What they set you back
4: they were. You buy,
2: did you buy them face value or on yeah, the second? Yeah, I, I bought
4: them. No, I bought them off Ticketmaster. Uh, I was for three tickets, it was $300.
2: Okay. It's not bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. No. Um, Greg and Nettleton. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Jason says brand new company, but A plus talent. They yeah. are WCW in 1992. And Jason has long been wanting you to talk about wrestling. I know so he says, has. I know he yes, has. Yes, free hey, dad. Yeah,
4: it's the pro wrestling fix here, brought to you by your North Mississippi Ford dealers.
2: Quinn says, "Mid South wrestling, best ever." I'm not the disagree. American Dream. Dusty Rhodes, best tactician ever.
4: This is his son running the the show too. By the way, he's like one of the top dot guys. The uh, the Cody Rhodes.
2: You're learning so much Take vacation days and don't leave your house. And then you take a vacation day (laughs) to go to (laughs) South Haven. Go to South Haven to watch wrestling. Yeah. So do you have like a specific wrestler t-shirt you wear? No, I do not. I'll I'll just wear a regular
4: shirt. I don't have any wrestling t-shirts.
2: Well, hold on there. I mean, if you're going to go to... um, I'm not looking to become a meme. You're taking a poster board with some... I,
4: Writing on it. If they hadn't named Keith Carter by now, I was gonna take one up there that said monkey Perkins for AD, but I didn't. It's already done, so it was gonna be hashtag Bulldogs for Bunky.
2: Oh, that would have been okay.
4: It would have been hilarious.
2: Uh C Spire Text line just saw the third match on AEW wrestling card at South Haven. Michael the brain borky versus Brian the Nose Rippy for the ultra featherweight title.
4: They already announced the main event, so excited for that! All right,
2: you college football. Have to huh? Press pause on the college football fix. <laughs> Get to our picks in just a couple of minutes. That's fine. We, can, we can, it's our show, Richard. We can do whatever we want. Hey, Will, did um, did hey Dad invite you to go along with him?
0: No, he did not. If Will, he, he Will you not a wrestling you fan? Gone? Are you? I I was when I was you know uh, what is he Seven. you know seven you know
4: it's just a, if you just look at it as a TV show, it's fun, you know just it's just a TV show.
0: It was when I was growing up, you know it was Stone Cold Steve Austin and I thought my middle name was Austin. You know it,
4: it was... your middle name is Austin. I didn't know
5: that. Yeah, okay. so
0: it was awesome. It was amazing. It was the I had the Austin three sixteen T shirt. You know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then at some point it just turn for me and I just yeah, dropped it I get that
4: on. a lot of people are that way but I, you know, I enjoy it
2: it's good for you <laughs> Merry Christmas to you
4: I'm
5: excited
2: <laughs> glad you're excited <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking about going to an event that week also I might have to take a day off for it you know what they call it no, the college football national championship game. It's in New Orleans. Well, my you, my tickets were less expensive than what you'll have to pay, probably. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Maybe I should just go to wrestling with you. Come on, Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's try again. College football fix is next in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you.
1: Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: talk mississippi brought to you every day by mississippi land bank online at MSlandbank.com, mississippi land bank where they know the lay of the land check them out online ms com. richard cross brian haydad will east with you on this friday time right now for the college football fix College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyFordNow.com. You got just a couple of days remaining to save. Catch the year-in savings, the holiday sales event, all of it rolled into one. Up to 20% off MSRP. Uh, some remaining 2019 models. That's F-150s and SUVs as well. Great savings at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Stop by, but time's running out. Today's the 27th, and the uh, calendar turns on Wednesday. Hey, Dad, let's just do uh, let's do SEC games and the two semifinals. Sure. Our games involving SEC teams plus the two semifinals. Okay. You alluded earlier to the fact that you like Texas A and M. Oklahoma State Texas A and M first SEC team up. That game kicks tonight at five forty five. So about twenty minutes from right now. Who you like? I'll take the Aggies in that one.
4: They'll win an ugly, nasty football game by a touchdown. Why do you think it's ugly and nasty, by the way? I just don't think those are two very good teams. Okay. Will you
2: want in on this action? Ooh. A
4: second
0: a hey, hate
2: Dad.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. I was
2: like, a second
5: hate
4: Dad.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's terrible. I have a brother. Yeah, that's,
4: yeah. <laughs> Do go. you? Yeah.
2: I didn't know that. Well, there you go.
4: How old is he? He is 10 years younger than me. He's my half brother, technically, but I guess he's you. my brother. Fair,
2: fair enough. enough. All right. Um, well, I'll just be a contrarian. I'll take Oklahoma State right. since the uh, two of you went the uh, other way. Um, up next. Now let's hold this one to the end. Mississippi State and Louisville. Bulldogs are a four point favorite. Louisville went seven and five this year. Mississippi State six and six this season. Will, I'll let you go first.
0: Mississippi State. Willie Gay breaks through and um
4: <laughs> <laughs> defensive. You really got an eye on this game, huh? Uh... <laughs> All right, hey dad, uh, way to way to punch it out there. Uh, I, I I honestly don't know what to make of this Mississippi State team. And Stevens has not been really good outside of that Arkansas game. Uh, so you
2: are giving Louisville a puncher's chance,
4: yeah, very much so. I think they may knock the Bulldogs out on this one. Uh, I'm going to take Louisville and the uh, and I'll, I'll I'll take the points. I think you they might. I think win it's out- one of
2: those like I think they might win point? outright.
4: To be honest. Do what? I think Louisville might
2: win outright. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually taking Louisville as well. I mean, I'm really... uh, If we're being honest, I think Mississippi State's a better football team. They got better pieces, but I just... Maybe it turns into one of these like rallying cry things where everybody gets on the same page on game day. It just feels a little dysfunctional. And I'm not sure that's a great place to be going into a bowl game. And... I think Louisville has had a month to rebound from kind of a demoralizing loss from Kentucky and what's been an otherwise pretty good year. And I think you'll get a pretty good performance from them. Florida and Virginia. Florida, a 14-and-a-half point favorite in the Capital One Orange Bowl. I'm taking UVA in the 14-and-a-half. Uh, I think Florida will win. I do not think they will win by 14-and-a-half. Will?
0: I'm going to take Florida in this one. Uh, okay. UVA's been really good, but I, I, I haven't looked at their schedule and who they played. Um, they played in the ACC. Yeah, so that, there you go. There's your answer right there.
4: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey, who you got? I'll take the Gators in this one. Uh, Mullen, you know, really did a good job last year in the bowl game against Michigan. Uh, Virginia is not not great. Uh, I'll take the Gators to to win and win big.
2: Virginia Tech at Kentucky. I'm sorry, not at Kentucky. Virginia Tech against Kentucky in the Belk Bowl. Final game ever for Bud Foster as the defensive coordinator for the Hokies. Virginia Tech's a a two-and-a-half point favorite.
4: Surely, Lynn Bowden, great athlete, but he cannot throw the football. Surely, Bud Foster will cook up a game plan to limit that that Kentucky rushing attack. Uh, Give me a Virginia Tech. I will give the points.
2: Okay. Will,
0: I'm taking Kentucky on this one.
2: I think I'm with you. I think C-A-T-S. Justin uh, has been looking for a new
0: new job and uh, not been paying attention to what's going on.
2: All right. I've been looking for a new job.
0: Yeah, he has. Every coaching search mentioned him.
2: Yeah, I, I kept hearing that too. Uh, Justin Fuente wants out of Blacksburg. If he had really wanted out of Blacksburg, don't you think he could have gotten out of Blacksburg? You would think. C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. He may want to get out of Blacksburg after he loses this one. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Auburn, seven-point favorite over Minnesota in the Outback Bowl on Wednesday, January 1st. What was, hey, the, Dad? What was the line? Seven. Auburn, a seven-point
4: favorite. I'm calling the upset here. I, you know what? I have, I have blasted Auburn all year long. I'm not changing today. Minnesota wins the game outright. A repeat, a repeat of last year's Outback Bowl. An SEC team with a dominant defense shows up and finds a way to lose.
2: I think you're going to be surprised how good Auburn looks offensively in this game against Minnesota. How about that? I'll take Auburn. I'll lay the seven with great certainty. What about it, Will? Minnesota. Minnesota. My man. You boys are just wrong together, but that's okay. Do what you gotta do. Alabama seven point favorite over Michigan in the VRBO Citrus Bowl.
4: If they were playing another team, I was other, about to say the exact than same Michigan, thing. Michigan. Exact same thing. I would probably take the other team because I, I have concerns about how much Alabama is really motivated. But against Michigan and Harbaugh yeah, Saban will be motivated to win that game, and I think the team will as well. But Michigan is just—it's Shea Patterson—they're just bound to screw it up. So give me Alabama.
2: Will?
0: I was going to say the exact same thing as 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 Hey Dad. I remember when was it Alabama played Utah State, and they just—you know—they weren't in the big game, and Utah. they just kind of. Utah. Um uh, yeah, not Utah state. What am I thinking? Uh
2: Utah in the Sugar Bowl.
0: I'm going to take uh I'm going to take Bama.
2: Okay. I will too. And I mean, you're you're putting some faith in Mac Jones here, but uh, I don't know. I'll not be surprised to see Michigan win this game outright, but for whatever reason I'm going to lay the 7. And uh and we'll see. George is a 6-point favorite over Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. I don't know what to do with this game. Georgia eleven and two. Baylor eleven and two. Feels like Baylor's the team that would be a whole lot more excited to be there. Um
4: that's it. Hey, where are you going with this, Hayden? I, I agree with you. Georgia, you know, last year didn't show up for the sugar bowl. This year, I don't know if they'll show up for the sugar bowl. And and Honestly, you know Kirby Smart as big game coach. Outside of these games against Florida, not great, not great. Yeah. So, what was the line again? Six. I'll, I'll I'll take the points. I don't know if they'll win or not, but I'll take the points. Okay. Will.
0: Uh, God, Georgia. I mean, I just have memories of that SEC championship game now, and you know it's just kind of hard to separate the two. But I think I'm gonna take Baylor.
2: I'll go the other way. I don't feel great about it, but I'll do it. I feel like maybe a little bit of a bounce-back game for Jake Fromm. DeAndre Swift, such a good player. Uh, Georgia, you know there's talent on that roster. I I don't know. I'm not convinced that Georgia really cares about being there, Uh, but I don't think they want to lay an egg the way they did against Texas a year ago. So I'll uh, I'll take Georgia and lay the six. I love Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee minus the one-and-a-half against Indiana in the – Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, so uh, I'm jumping on Tennessee on this one. Hey, Dad, Tennessee like Tennessee or Indiana? Tennessee's a one and a half point favorite. I think Tennessee wins the game. They're a team that I mean they should be nine and three. They
4: should be in a better bowl than they're in. So, yeah, give me give me the Vols. Well,
0: I will go against you guys. I'm taking Indiana.
2: Okay, Hoosiers, and and then that leaves two games. That leaves the two college football playoff semifinals. LSU. Big favorite, 13-and-a-half over Oklahoma. LSU. Hey, Dad,
4: LSU. Big. LSU wins by 21-plus.
2: Okay. Will, you're on LSU? LSU. I am, too. And then the, uh, the other one, uh, not involving an SEC team, you've got... Uh, what's the line? Clemson, two-point favorite over Ohio State. Clemson all day long on that. Yeah, Clemson. I mean, I kind of feel that way too, but I think I'll be the contrarian and go with uh, the Ohio State University, just to kind of create a little separation here with you boys.
4: Tigers versus Tigers. Winner has to, loser has to stop calling it Death Valley in the national title. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: be some fun storylines for that game. Oh yeah, there could also be a heck of a storyline with Joe Burrow playing against his former team.
1: I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Maybe the most active guy on all of Instagram. And maybe the guy who spent more time in Birmingham's Shuttlesworth Airport than anybody else on planet Earth in the last four months. Cole Kubelik on your radio right now. On the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Uh, From the pictures I saw on Instagram, looked like uh, you and your family had a nice Christmas.
6: Oh, it was an amazing Christmas. Uh, Two-year-old little boy got like a giant excavator. excavator. He can actually like manually operate and all. He's got more tools than I think like a NASCAR pit crew's got. Uh, And then my daughter got her indoor fairy house, outdoor fairy house, unicorns. So she's all set. I mean, it was it was a it was a fun christmas man it was it was really cool very exciting to see them as excited as they were so we had a blast hope you guys had uh, an enjoyable christmas as well
2: yeah it was really really good my question is can you teach your son how to use all of those tools or are you like no tool guy
6: i'm I'm not a very handy individual but I mean he's got most of them down pat like he i don't know what he watches' I've, he watches a lot of blippy which I can't really handle a lot of. But I guess he actually <laughs> learned some things on there, and uh, he's kind of got it figured out. So good for him. But he, he knows how to hammer. He knows how to use the drill. He knows how to get the wrench and the screwdrivers going. So I mean, he's he's all good.
5: Yeah, righty
2: tighty, lefty. Is handy man, uh, handy manny still a thing?
6: I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. So and the last thing I need is another another show for my kids to watch. We got. But Cole, that's guess, the one. I, could, I mean, if, that, I could, if I could get 20 he digs to tools, in a room that's it. Character, I might uh, might do some damage to him.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, you got to check out Bob the Builder and Handy Manny. He'll 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 love you forever for
5: that. <laughs> we'll have to check it out?
2: You will be on the sidelines in Nashville on Monday when Mississippi State and Louisville play. Uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Relatively small favorite in that ball game. Let's go high level thoughts first. What's your initial takeaway on this matchup, and then we'll get into the kind of subplot that goes along with it as well.
6: Well, my initial takeaway is that Mississippi State should be able to handle this game. I, I, I think they're a, I think they're a more talented football team. I think they're, I think they're just a better football team. Uh, now, obviously, things have not gone the way that a lot of us anticipated they would. For Mississippi State this year, but I don't think that that means that they're they're not a good team, or they don't have talent, or don't have capabilities to go win games. Now, the, the issue with Mississippi State this year has been just question marks. I mean, if I if I was describing Mississippi State season, I think I would take someone and dress them up in the Riddler's costume and you know paint it marine and white and hand them a cowbell with a question mark on it, and just say this is it. There's just so many so many questions as to how and why certain things have happened with that football team this year, and it continues here in bowl practice with the scared trader situation. So, you know, I, I understand the fights happen at practice. Listen, I, I was in numerous fights at practice. I watched teammates fight before practice, after practice, during practice. Hell, Hugh he all made us fight each other after one practice. So, huh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that gets offended that, oh, someone got in an argument, someone fought. Like it's football. I get it. It happens. But,. It just adds to the question marks of what this season has been and why. And I think if you could find a way to end it on a positive note, you could build a little momentum going into next season and you know maybe have a few guys contribute that are going to help us understand or help you understand who and what you're going to be next year that will be good. But at the end of the day, when you put the film on and you watch these two teams, Mississippi State should win this game. They're better at the line of scrimmage, especially without McCoy and playing for Louisville on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think they're more talented at the skill positions also. So, you know, this, this game will come down to focus, preparation, and coaching. And if Mississippi State's not ready to play and don't appear as though they want to play, I'm not saying Louisville can't beat them because they can. But should be able to go out and handle their business and get a bowl win.
2: You said you were involved in fights. You made reference to Hugh Knoll at one point making linemen fight each other after practice. I assume he was trying to get more effort or whatever out of you guys. I, I pointed out yesterday oh, we that...
6: We had to get tough. We weren't tough. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: sounds like Hugh know.
6: It was really good. does. That was good. Um. No, he legit, he legitimately lined us up in two single fine lines and said, No moss, losers running. And we fought each other. I fought Hart McGarry first. I was I was a, a starting center, so I'm trying to be the leader, you know, get in the front of the line. Little did I know I'm gonna have to legitimately fist fight with one of my teammates in full pads. Hmm. And then of course you got you've got 300, 320 hundred and twenty pound guys. We're gassed out in fifteen seconds. I mean
5: <laughs> Maybe he knew like, what he was you know, doing. We're, we're,
6: yeah, it's not like we're watching, you know, Rampage Jackson and you know, Tito Ortiz or anything. I mean, this is, this is, it's like 10, 15 seconds of a good melee, and then you know, we're we're both literally just gasping for oxygen.
2: All right, so so here's my question: We're led to believe in every aspect of football that quarterbacks are treated differently. That they, they wear a green jersey in practice so they don't get hit. Offensive linemen come to their aid immediately if somebody breathes on them the wrong way in a game situation. So a scenario where a linebacker and a quarterback get into it in a practice, you would expect that to be short-lived. To me, the concern is that, allegedly, this thing spills into after practice, and it got so serious that you have a significant injury to your starting quarterback, not just for this game that Joe Moorhead's talked about, but the guy you expect to be the future of the program at that position. How, how does that all work going forward?
6: You have some question marks about it. I mean you have some concerns because I think leadership is is a part of that. I think maturity is a part of that because I'm not somebody that's gonna sit here and realistically believe that some guy on defense was just mad because a dude was completing passes and he came over and, you know, he goes eye socket with his fist. I'm just I'm not buying that. So what kind of words were being exchanged, what kind of trash was being talked, how long had this been going on? See the thing that, that some people don't realize is this this could have been built up for months, for weeks, and could have been somebody that knows they're on their way out. Could have been somebody that says, don't really care anymore, bowl game. Could have been somebody that's you know, last opportunity and then boom, clap, bing, bang, it's over. I mean, it's like I'm going to handle my business because I might not get a chance to do this again. So uh, you just, I, those are the things that I don't know that I need to know as far as how it plays out. I, I think there's, there's a misconception floating around because somebody's quoted a story somewhere that there was some sort of a one-on-one drill that was happening and that got temper flaring. There's no quarterback doing any kind of one-on-one drill. That's, that's, a, that's not maybe a one-on-one as far as a receiver and a DB and quarterback had words and, and that's sort of how things got escalated. But I just, I need more backstory if, if I'm going to really be able to assess the future of some of the people involved. However, like, listen. Quarterbacks talk a lot. They, they, quarterbacks talk a lot of trash. I think. I mean, you're right. They they are treated different. They're, that's not debatable. And the only people who would debate that would be quarterbacks themselves. But <laughs> you also have to you also have to just kind of question the level of maturity and the understanding and the wherewithal of leading a team. And why is this happening? What led to this happening? Could this have been avoided? Because I, I want my quarterback talking trash during the game i want him getting me pumped up getting my teammates pumped up getting himself pumped up but he's got to be the first one to know when to draw the line like the, the, the quarterback is the last one that should be getting into something that you know the rest of the team maybe can't get themselves out over that leads to some 15-yard penalty something of that nature so the, those those things absolutely would be of concern to me
2: cole how will you guys treat this story on the uh on the broadcast on monday
6: I mean, we'll ask Coach about it, and, and, and we'll ask him what information he wants to share about it. We have to obviously report that that Garrett Trader's not going to be a part of the game, and it's not like it's not out there as to why. There's not some secret. So, you know, for us to dance around it, I think, would be a little bit ridiculous. So, and, and Joe Moore has always been really cool to me when I've sat down and I've talked to him. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to try to sugarcoat something or dance around something. He's a pretty honest up front dude. And I would imagine that he'll say, hey, we had a situation. Here's how it went down. Here's how we've handled it. And this is how we're going to handle it moving forward. And, and we'll share whatever information we get with the audience. And I'm sure there will be uh, a couple opinions to follow, especially since we have a quarterback in the booth. I mean, he's, Jordan's, yeah. not, Jordan's not going to shy away from giving you his opinion. And it, it's, it's valuable for us to be able to have the opinion of a guy that played quarterback in this league as to how and why something like this happens. Like I can tell you about the fights that I got in, but nobody cares because those guys aren't getting suspended. Those guys aren't getting hurt. If your offensive lineman's gone, not many people are really talking about it. So, you know, it's it's when it's a quarterback, it's a totally different story.
2: Less than a minute left. Give me a reason to think that LSU-Oklahoma will be closer than it's predicted.
6: I can't. I literally <laughs> cannot. I have not okay. convinced myself so many times that this game's going to be competitive, it's going to be close. I think Oklahoma can score some points, if you want to say that, and maybe they make it mildly interesting because they create space extremely well. They stress your defense in the alleys and on the perimeter extremely well. Uh, but I think LSU has fast, hybrid defenders that are going to be able to take a lot of that away. And I think I think Dave Rainer is going to do everything he can to put this game on the arm of Jalen Hurts and on the arm of Jalen Hurts going down the field, not going laterally, and that could be problematic for the Sooners.
2: We joke with each other a lot, but I know you have absolutely worked your rear end off for the last six months for this college football season. Great work all season long, and always appreciate your time, Cole.
6: Well, thanks for having me, Richard. I look forward to catching up again soon, man. Happy Cole Kubelik,
2: he is, uh, he's on three-man front on WJOX, Jocks FM in Birmingham, and will be on the sideline for the uh, Music City Bowl. Monday, 3 o'clock kickoff, Mississippi State and Louisville. Uh, Good insight from Cole, former player himself at Auburn, and uh, broadcaster now. More coming up with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. We'll wrap up the Friday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi after this.
1: Back to the sports. (laughs) This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Final from the pinstripe bowl in New York City at Yankee Stadium. Michigan State wins 27-21 to cap a 7-6 season over Wake Forest, who finishes the year 8-5. Oklahoma State and Texas A&M are underway. A&M got the ball first. Kellen Mond fumbled it on the first possession. Oklahoma State has it deep in A&M territory at the 25 for their first offensive possession Guys, would you have picked differently if you had realized that Texas A&M was down five running backs from the start of the season? No. One injured, three in the transfer portal, and one that did not travel? They'll figure it out. Okay. Fair enough. Are you familiar with um, Stugatz from the Dan Levitard show? Yeah. Yeah. Have you been following his bowl predictions? I, I have been this, the past couple of days
4: because I've seen the uh, I've seen what's going on there. Will, are you familiar with this story? I know who he is, but I'm
2: not familiar with the story. John Wiener, Stu Gatz on the Dan Lebitard Show, made all of his bowl predictions, all of them, prior to the bowl games beginning. There have been 14 games played, and he has been wrong on 14 games. That takes some doing, man. The statistical likelihood of that happening point zero zero six one percent. Literally, my mom knows nothing,
4: nothing about college football. I could hand her the sheet. I guarantee she'd be at worst
2: one in thirteen. She'd have gotten one right. Six one thousandths of a percentage. That he would go 0-14 in his bowl picks. He had Charlotte, loss. Utah State, loss. Oof, oof. Central Michigan, loss. Georgia Southern, loss. SMU, loss. FIU, loss. Boise State, lost by a lot. That's a big loss there, Jeez. Appalachian State did not cover. Marshall, getting 17, loss. BYU, one and a half point favorite. Uh-uh. Miami, six-point favorite, lost outright 14-zip. Pitt, a ten-and-a-half-point favorite last night. Despite a late touchdown, nope. Temple, plus five? uh Uh-uh. No. Wake Forest? Yeah, they they just lost to Michigan State (laughs) by five. For what it's worth, these are the picks that he has going forward. Oklahoma State, plus seven? Okay. That line's come way down. Yeah. Southern Cal minus two. Air Force minus three. Penn State minus six and a half. Iowa State plus four. He'll get some he'll get a couple of these. But geez. You would think. But geez. O and fourteen. It's like the uh the mush. And he was from, not trying uh, to go tale. 0 and fourteen. If he was trying to go 0 and fourteen, I'm sure he would have picked some of those games differently. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: That's rough. Great nickname
4: though, Stugatz. Can you imagine if you had faded him on oh, all you, fourteen of those picks? You could stay at the the top floor of the win for New Year's Eve.
2: Yeah, I mean, depending on how much you had gambled, but
4: I mean, if you just you was. know doubled it up every time, even when I start like a twenty dollar bet, you're making big money.
2: What would that be? Twenty to forty. Forty
4: to it's twenty times. Yeah. Yes.
2: No, it's not twenty times. I mean, it's unless you're using like exponents. I think
4: only that my smarter relatives were here.
2: Um, M-DOT, sign in Hattiesburg, one of those digital billboards. Yeah. G-E-A-U-X, the speed limit. Said they want to get all the LSU <laughs> fans to Atlanta safely. A friend
4: of mine works for M-DOT. I think he has a hand in some of those, so well done. <laughs> I saw
0: that this morning, and they, they display it in two different yeah. There's so many words, it's two different signs.
4: Yeah. And so the first mm-hmm.
0: time I saw it, I was like, "What well, what Cajun did this?" <laughs> Cuz if you don't have the sooner, you don't realize what's going on.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, hey Dad, you're traveling Sunday morning, is that correct?
4: Yeah, I'll leave Sunday and I'll be in Nashville uh, sometime that evening. All right. So you're going to check out the Battle of the Band Sunday night down on Broadway? Probably not. <laughs> no, that's fun. <laughs> Is it as much fun as grabbing a cold beer? Probably
2: not. It's prob- Where are you staying? Are you staying downtown? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you do both? I mean, I guess. Geez. You don't like when yeah. you get the marching bands out on the uh, streets?
4: Yeah. It's, if, if, look, if the sonic boom of the South was there, I'd go. But, I mean, I see the Mississippi State, man, every game. What are they going to do? Play Hail State? Wanna, I've been there. You don't want to hear
2: dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> that's wrong what, what, why I meant, would I hear that I meant dun 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 sorry now I'm rippy all of a sudden I, with my fight songs what's going on here uh, my god king that's the LSU music <laughs> why Don are Don Imus here? has passed away at 79 years old radio icon no longer with us safe travels my friend all right See you in the new year. I guess we will not talk to you on Monday, will
4: we? Talk to you New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll see me before New Year's New Year's Day. So, yeah, New Year's Eve, I'll be back on the show.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks so much for being with us. Good night.